Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Have a great teaching called the Harvard Prophecy. I want to give you, and I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, also, in the subscriber portion, I'm talking about starvation. I'm talking about famine and some very, very serious things that are happening all over the world related to uh, the drought, the drought that's happening in America and also many places in Europe and other things that are threatening the world food supply very quickly. The world is going to go into a crisis. And this is, this is not anything that can be prevented in the near term because of the seriousness and the global nature of what's happening. I'm talking about that, plus I'm answering questions from our subscribers. This is in the subscriber portion. But right now, I want to bring this teaching called the Harbor Prophecy. Now, when you think of the word prophecy, you think about the Bible or some godly person with a prophetic gift. But in this program, I want to talk about a very important prophecy to America that was given by a secular sociologist from, of all places, Harvard University. And every word of his prophecy has come true in our day. And he's a Harvard socio sociologist named Carl Zimmerman. Now, he wrote this book. This is not a book. It's a, actually a, a, a study that he did called Family and Civilization. But 1947 is when his study came out, all of his research. Unbelievable amounts of research that he did into the family and history. Now, why was he publishing his research in 1947? It's because he was very concerned about the secularization of America. At the same time that Carl Zimmerman was publishing his research from Harvard University, there was another school of sociology in Chicago, the Chicago School of Sociology, and very, very liberal. And they wanted to liberalize marriage and family and society. And he was warning, and the, li the liberalization of America that we see today began back in the 30s and 40s. And that's hard to believe, but it's true. And so he was concerned that he was seeing the signs going back into history that destroyed societies in, in history. In fact, what he did was he went back and documented that every major civilization, Assyrian, Babylonian, Sumerian, Greek, Roman, Western, began with a family, a family model resembling a biblical model. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Every great nation became great with a family model that resembled the biblical model. It didn't matter if they were Christians or not, if they were Jews or not. No society ever becomes great by sin. No society ever becomes great with weak families. None. America became great because of the strength of our families. The marriage was strong. Family was strong. And then it becomes liberalized. That happened in Rome. That happened in Greece. That happened in Egypt. That happened in Samaria. All great civilizations in the history of the world, they never become great with weak families and weak marriages. Never. But once they become great, that's when the devil, through liberals, begins to attack the family system. And you see the downfall of every society in the history of the world that has fallen from within has gone through exactly the same steps as we're seeing right now in America. In fact, that we've seen in America. So Carl Zimmerman, in studying all the civilizations of the world, he boiled everything that he had seen down to eight signs and he calls these the eight signs of an atomistic age. In fact, he has 11. And this is not an easy read. It's a, it's a sociological uh, you know, report. 
but it's a phenomenal read if this is something that interests you because it it goes back into world history. You can go back and document every society that has fallen. It's a family problem. You know, when there's a mass shooting or some kind of a horrible thing that happens in America, you'll hear people on the news and they'll, they'll say, well, this really goes back to the, to the disintegration of marriage and family. And no one wants to hear that. Our liberal society, in fact, they hate marriage and family. They hate marriage. And so they, they hate the biblical model of family for many reasons. I'll talk about that more in just a minute. But Carl Zimmerman, in his book, he talks about the signs of an atomistic age. Now, atomistic is like an atom, A-T-O-M, the, the smallest measurable unit, uh, you know, protons, neutrons, electrons. And so an atomistic age, well, what does that mean? That means society goes from being about the whole to being about the individual, the atom. It, the, the, the tiniest measurement of one person. It's not about the 330 million people in America. It is about that individual, that now we celebrate the individual. So how does that happen? Because all great societies become great because you have a strong marriage of parents who care about their children more than themselves, more than themselves. They sacrifice for their family. Most of them have a fear of God they're very committed to family and they're very committed to community and they sacrifice for the purpose of their marriage and their children and their community. Okay, so he goes back in history and he does incredible amounts of research on all the great societies in the history of the world and why they fell. Okay, and so here are the things that they all have in common. You'll recognize every single one of these related to America. Number one, Carl Zimmerman says, marriage loses its sacredness as it is frequently broken by divorce. And such divorces do not consist of guilty parties, but simply two people who wish to terminate a relationship. Let me give you a little history lesson related to the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. And in 1917, there was the Red October where the Bolsheviks overthrew the czars. They overthrew the previous government. Now the, their formal government, the Soviet government, wasn't set up until 1922, but they came in and they took over and they wanted to control the people. This is what they wanted to do. They were socialist. They wanted to control the people, but they had a problem. And the problem they had was that marriage was very strong. And to get married, you had to go to the Russian Orthodox Church. The Russian Orthodox Church was extremely strong in Russian society. Great authority the church had. And so you had to go to the church to get married. You had to go to the church to get divorced. And uh, the Russian Orthodox Church obviously controls society, a great deal of society. So the Bolsheviks came in and they said, you know, these people are too strong. See, liberals hate strong families. They hate strong marriages and they hate strong families because people with strong marriages and families just don't need a lot of government. We don't need the government wiping our noses. We don't need the government telling us what to do. We don't need the government telling us how to raise our children and all this kind of stuff. When you have a, when you have a strong relationship with God, and a strong family, you just don't need a lot of government. That's what they hate. That's what liberals hate. They want you to serve them. They don't want a small, efficient government that serves the populace. They want a population that serves the government and the government has all the power. So the Bolsheviks came in and listen to what they did. They said, we have got to diminish the power of the church and we have to diminish the power of the family. So here's what they did. They passed no-fault divorce, number one. No longer did you have to prove fault. No longer was divorce wrong. It was just one party unilaterally 
could divorce their spouse for any reason at all. Didn't even have to, you didn't have to go to the Russian Orthodox Church anymore. The second law that they passed was abortion on demand. Any woman could get an abortion for free if she went to a public hospital. That's all she had to do. No questions asked, okay? Number three is they confiscated all of the money and property of the uh, Russian Orthodox Church. The Russian Orthodox Church, by the way, lost 200 million members during this period of time uh, because of the Bolshevik Revolution, also because of World War I. 200 million members during that period of time. So this destroyed society. You had orphans on the streets. You, you literally could divorce your spouse anytime you wanted to, get an abortion anytime you wanted to. It destroyed the Russian society, and that's exactly what they wanted because now marriage was no longer sacred and something connected to the church. It became all about the individual. Okay, Number two, sign of an atomistic society, is the traditional meaning of marriage is lost. Alternate forms of marriage arise, and individualized marriage contracts are advocated. Pseudo-intellectuals, now by the way, uh, this is Carl Zimmerman now. Carl Zimmerman called uh, liberals pseudo-intellectuals. I totally agree. They begin to theorize that order, in order to save marriage, its form must be changed to a less strict, looser, and more companionate structure. Sh shacking up. That's all it means. It doesn't mean to live with anybody that you want to live with. Marriage doesn't mean anything anymore. God is, by the way, the word sacred means God is in it. So God isn't in marriage anymore. It's about you. It's not about God. It's not about society. It's not about your children. Okay, because we all know that children are better off when their parents are together. It's not about your children. It's about you. Atomistic. It's about the individual. Number three, sign of an atomistic age. The feminist movement abounds in the atomistic age. Women lose their inclination for childbearing and rearing, and the birth rate decreases. Did you know? Of course, we've seen liberalism in America for you know decades. Uh, Betty Friedan, uh, the founders of, you know, the women's movement, um, they said that women will never be free until marriage is abolished. They hate marriage. L liberal women hate marriage. Okay. National Organization of Women. And so uh, Gloria Steinem, all the women who started the, the, that movement. How are women doing today as opposed to 50 years? And you say, well, women are free. Are they? Are they happier? They're not happier. They're, they're, they're more single, and they're not having children because marriage puts women in a place where they feel safe having children. Marriage creates a bond between parents, not just between people, but between parents so that their children are secure in that marriage, and they're going to have children and grandchildren and have a family that's secure because of the security of that. So when marriage goes away, women don't want to have children anymore. And so the birth rate in America is dropping every year, and it's now the lowest in American history. Then you begin to depopulate, okay? Like Japan, like Sweden, like many nations in the world now, now they, they're not having enough children to replace themselves, so now they're actually depopulating. That's the beginning of the end. You know, you, finally you just don't have any people. Okay, number four, there's an increased public disrespect for parents. You can check that box. Parenthood and authority in general so that parenthood becomes harder for those who still try to raise children. Now parents are demonized. There's a disrespect for parents. Look at what's happening in America today where public schools are trying to take children and transition them without their parents' knowledge. Abortion without their parents' knowledge. Parents are no longer an issue. Parents are no longer respected by the kids or by society at large. 
Number five, there's an increase in juvenile delinquency, promiscuity, and rebellion. This has exploded in our society. See, one of the, when I was in Africa, Karen and I went to Africa with her parents, our whole family. Her mom and dad took us to Africa black about 1998, I think it was. And one night we were sitting and talking with our guides, the guides who took us in, into the bush with all the wild animals. And the elephants were just spectacular. Elephants are just the most majestic animals in the world. And they were telling us about efforts they were making in South Africa to remove elephants, to thin out the elephant population because it was getting too big. And they couldn't do it. It was impossible. And he was telling us the elephants are so social and so intelligent that you can't, you can't thin it out. If you begin to kill them, they begin to, they grieve over every other elephant that's killed and they begin to act out. They begin to get more hostile. But one of the things they did to try to thin out the elephants is they began to remove the parents and just leave the young ones. They became juvenile delinquents. They began to raid the villages and tear up the local villages. They were so upset about their parents being gone. When you disrupt the home and you say, oh, marriage isn't important. Who cares? Just do what's easy. Just be companions. Just move in and out, you know, and drag your children along with you. Those children get damaged. Then they begin to act out and take drugs and become immoral and begin to be violent and things like that. You see it all over America today like never before. Number six sign of, a, of an atomistic age. And remember, I just want to remind you, this was Rome. This was Greece. This was Egypt, Samaria, all these different places where this happened. This isn't just America. This is world history. This is what Carl Zimmerman was saying. If you want to liberalize the marriage and family laws of America, this is the price you're going to pay. This is world history. And he wrote it as a report. This is a prophecy. This is a prophecy that has come true in our day. Number six, the hostility of pseudo-intellectuals to the traditional family soon spreads to the common people, sealing the doom for the society. Okay, again, pseudo-intellectuals, that's what he calls liberals. Okay, so the hostility of pseudo-intellectuals to the traditional family spreads to the common people. So I'm the president of XO Marriage. My son is the CEO of XO Marriage. We do marriage all over the world. We're the largest marriage ministry in the world that we know of. Okay, so marriage is what we do. So we were having a conference, big conference, uh, thousands of people flying in to go to this conference. And so, uh, and a couple told me this story. They were checking into the hotel in the town that we were having, in the city we were having our conference. And they went to the counter and they were checking in. And the guy behind the counter said, what are you here for? And they said, we're here to go to a marriage conference. And he started laughing. He said, do people really believe in marriage anymore? We said this couple. And they said, well, we do. This, the guy behind the counter, do people really believe in marriage anymore? This is, this is, again, the end game that the devil wants is to take the first institution that God ever created. Marriage is the first institution that God ever created in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. It's the foundation of every other institution. You can't take marriage out and keep society going. It's the foundation of society, God and marriage. We'll be right back to our teaching for today, but before that, I wanted to let you know about the sponsor of today's program, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN helps you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address, a unique identifier that every device has that allows big tech to match your activity back to you. Visit expressvpn.com forward slash end times right now 
to secure your internet connection. That's expressvpn.com slash end times. Number seven, sign of an atomistic age. There's an increased acceptance of adultery. Increased acceptance of adultery. Number eight, there is a tolerance for and spread for sexual perversions of all kinds, especially homosexuality, but including others such as rape and incest. And this generally marks the final stage of social societal disintegration. We're way past that. We've got transsexualism. I had a, a friend of mine and I was preaching for him in Florida and we were sitting and talking before I went out and preached. And he said, I'm calling an emergency meeting of the church tonight uh, to talk to the parents. And I said, what? And he said, my son is in high school. And he said, Jimmy, you can't even comprehend the perversion and degradation that's happening sexually in the high schools. That was 10 years ago. And he told me, and I'm not going to repeat to you what he told me. It, it's the most unbelievable thing. But what he said is, no longer are you a homosexual or a bisexual, you're a pansexual. And Miley Cyrus, I think, was the first one I heard that said this. Pansexual meaning, don't, don't put a definition on me. I'll have sex with whomever, however I want, as often as I want. This is, this is the, and it's not just immorality. It is uh, absolute rebellion, moral anarchy against God and against morality. So we have all eight signs. So Carl Zimmerman in 1947, going back into world history, was warning Americans saying, hey, uh, School of Chicago, sociology there, if that's what you want to do, this is what's going to happen. It's happened every place in world history that, uh, that's ever been tried. And so he warned. We didn't listen to him. Yeah, obviously. Ignored his warnings. And these all the pseudo-intellectuals, the liberals, they always think they have the answer. When have they ever had the answer? Okay. But here's the question. Is there an answer? Can we change? I mean, you see what's going on today. Can we change things? Yes. But there's only one way. And I want to go back to the thing that I said in the beginning, and that is the number one sign that uh, Carl Zimmerman gave was marriage loses its sacredness. You have to turn back to God. The, when marriage loses its sacredness, it's because you no longer see it as God being in it. Now, in Matthew 19, this, this surprises some people. In Matthew 19, Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees believed in her fault divorce. Okay. Not no fault divorce, her fault divorce. Women were owned. Women were chattel. They were property. Women didn't have rights. Men had all the rights. Listen, listen to the context of Matthew 19. The Pharisees also came to him, Jesus testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Now they're coming up and they're asking Jesus an honest question. If she burns the biscuits, can I put her away? If, if I just get tired of her, can I put her away? Because they believe that's what they believed. They believed that for any reason at all, their wife did not please them. They just send her down the road. And all a man had to do to divorce his wife was write down on a piece of paper, I divorce thee, 
walked to the front door, handed that piece of paper. She left without children, without furniture, without money, without anything. Typically to go back to her family in shame. So women were, is a horrible place for women to be. And Jesus said, that's not the way God created marriage. You be careful. What God has put together, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So in a, in a functional society, you don't mess with marriage because God is in it. You don't go into a mother's womb and take a baby out because God is in it. See, sacred means we begin to see God in society. We see him. But when you secularize the society, it means you sanitize God away from it. And that's exactly what's happened in America. We've taken God out. So no longer do we see marriage. It's, it's about me. It's about me. It's, a, it's about the individual. It's no longer about the group. And you have people working hard and raising a good family and paying their taxes and being important people in society. Huh. Then you have a person over here who's a pervert and comes out and says they're a pervert and they go, oh, you're such a hero for being a pervert. And now it's no, you're a pervert. We've taken the wrong and made it right and the right and made it wrong. We've taken people who destroy societies and celebrate those people and take people who build societies and begin to persecute those people. This is what's happening in America today. And so I'm saying we go back into history. History is not on the side of liberals. Liberals don't like history. In fact, you look at socialism and I was in church last Sunday morning and Ed Young, who's my pastor, was preaching on wokeism. And he was talking about the lie of socialism. And you go back to uh, Marxist Karl Marx. Karl Marx lived in London. He lived in a capitalistic society and everything he did was paid for by a rich capitalistic friend of his. He, he never had to live under his stupid beliefs. He was a theoretical uh, you know, economist. He had theories. Every place his theories have touched have been destroyed and 120, people, 120 million people have lost their lives because of Marxist socialism. And so it's a lie. They, 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 never, they can't build anything. They can just tear stuff down. And so in every society where God is working, where every, in every society that is growing, there's some type of a family system with strong marriages, strong families, strong community of God-fearing people. That's what they all have in common. But in every society that is being destroyed, there's liberal thought and marriage loses its sacredness. People begin to shack up. It's all about the individual. Women stop having children. Parents are no longer respected. Kids begin to be juvenile delinquents and immorality of every kind comes into society. And that's the beginning of the end. And that's where we are today in America. The only hope we have in America is God. That's our only hope. Uh, and, and I pray for our politicians. I pray for this election that we have coming up in November. And I hope that good people win. By good people, I mean God-fearing people who believe in what I believe in. I be, believe what the Bible believes in. And so, but I don't put my hope in politicians. The, the only real hope America has is for revival and awakening. I prayed for it this morning. I'm asking you to pray for it every morning, every time you pray and awakening. Revival is the church. You don't, you don't revive something that was never alive. They need to be revived and society needs to be awakened to the reality of God. And there's been revivals and awakenings in history in America, you know, in different places in the world that have changed society. We need a society changing revival. We need to put our eyes on Jesus. But one of the reasons I'm saying this to you today is don't listen to the lies of the pseudo intellectuals who believe they have the answers. God has the answers. This was not a religious man bringing a 
word based on the Bible. This was a sociologist going back into history and making an honest assessment of what destroys societies and liberals. And liberal thought destroys societies. God and God's form of God's plan for marriage and family is what everything thrives upon. I want to encourage you today. Maybe, maybe you've kind of been affected by some of the nonsense that liberals talk about. Get it out of your head. Believe in God. Put your feet firmly upon God and God's word. And I promise that you'll have the best future that you can possibly have with that as your foundation. So as a society, how did we get here? We got here by liberalizing marriage and family. And from that point forward, we've been down on a downhill slide. But God can change things. We need to put our eyes in God and believe in Him. So I want to go now to the subscriber-only portion of the show. I'm talking about horrible things that are happening in the world related to uh, drought and famine. The, and, and this is actually a good thing if you're looking for Jesus to come, because this is one of the major signs of the end times. I'm also going to be answering questions from viewers. Let me, let me say this. If you, if you or someone you know speaks Spanish, let them know about the Tipping Point show now in Spanish. Pastor Luis Roman hosts the show each week. And he shares end times teachings along with relevant and timely news articles. You can find the link to Luis's channel in the description of this video. But you'll really enjoy that if you speak Spanish or if you know someone who does. Stay tuned if you're a subscriber. Now, if you're a subscriber, you cannot watch the full episode on YouTube. You have to go to endtimes.com or respond to the email that we sent you. If you're not a subscriber, $7 a month. $77 a year, you get the entire podcast here, plus you get all the other emails and videos that come out all week long. We'd love to have you as a, as a subscriber in times.com. You can go there for $7 a month, $77 a year, and become a subscriber. If you're a subscriber, stay tuned. <music> 